stand if you're able to sing our first song together, Crown Him with Many Crowns. God, our Father. 
we come to you in sorrow for our sins, for turning away from you and ignoring your will for our lives. Father, forgive us. For behaving just as we wish, without thinking of you. Father, forgive us. For failing you by what we do and think and say. Father, forgive us. For letting ourselves be drawn away from you for temptations in the world around us, by temptations in the world around us. Father, forgive us. Save us. For living as if we were ashamed to belong to your Son. Father, forgive us. May the Lord of all grace and all peace forgive you your sins, and keep you in eternal life. Amen. Before our reading, Sue is going to lead us in our next song, Praise is Rising. Thank you, Sue, for playing. Would you like to sit or stand, whichever you feel?
reminder if you're young or young at heart, Marie and Liz are hosting a table that was at the back of the church, but I've just seen them going to the hall, so that's where you'll find them if you would like to do craft. Now we come to our reading, which John is going to bring us, and then Peter's going to speak to us. Morning, everybody. Today's reading is from the book of the um, prophet Malachi. Malachi is the easy one to find in the um, Old Testament because he's the last book before Matthew. This is Malachi chapter 3, reading from verse 6. And this is the Lord speaking. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of David, Jacob are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw out the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. And this is the word of our Almighty God. Amen. Let's pray as Peter comes to talk to us. So Father, a passage that in some ways we find difficult and in other ways speak very clearly to us. Father, we pray for Peter as he brings the words he's prepared. May his words be anointed. May we hear your heart in what he says. Lord, give him the confidence to speak out what you would have him say. And Father, may we be not just hearers, but doers of your word. Amen. Thank you, Peter. Good morning, everybody. Enjoying the sun, I hope. So, here we are, we're um, going to, uh, well, J. John said, said something pithy, I thought, which is quite a, a relevant thing. So, J. John said that many, many Christians have heard the Sermon on the Mount, but not enough have heard the Sermon on the Amount. So, this is what we're going to do this morning. Um, I delivered a talk on money and giving almost exactly a year ago in May last year, and that was uh, a gift day. Uh, we had a gift day in May 2022 for Children's and Families Outreach. 
Um, we're not having a gift day today, but we are going to focus our thoughts and our minds and our attention on uh, our giving. It's a good thing to do as a, as a disciple of Christ, to do that from time to time. A bit of a health warning before I begin. It's going to be a fairly long talk, so you may want to enjoy, you may want to enjoy the, the craft out of the back. Um, all the young people, in fact, as well, there with Debbie and Jack. But um, uh, you may want to get your, um, your mints out. Um, it won't be more than half an hour. Uh, if, you're a, if you're a Baptist, going to a Baptist church, it'll be 45 minutes every week. So, you know, you're, you're, you're fine. Um, just three things I want to say before I pitch in. Uh, whenever we talk about mo- uh, giving, we're not just talking about money. Uh, giving is, is so much about uh, our giving as, our, as a whole, as a, uh, in terms of our time, our talents, our gifts, and yes, of course, the money that God has given to us. It is about all of those aspects. Um, secondly, can I say from the outset, on behalf of the PCC, we are hugely grateful for all that you do give. Um, I'm talking money-wise now. We are very grateful for all that comes in financially uh, to all that we ask you for. Um, I realize there's been a few appeals over the last few weeks for various things uh, and various needs, and thank you so much for the ways that you have been giving and are giving to those things. Um, Can I just say as a little uh, point, I hope Rachel Potts doesn't mind this, but she just told me this morning via WhatsApp that she has now got all the money has come in for her to go and do her training with the mission school. So that's that's a miracle, really, because she had to raise a lot of money, but that has all come in. Um, Also, uh, obviously, we're all going through this cost of living crisis, uh, and so you may not want to even hear uh, mention of giving uh, and money, but as I say, it's, it's something we need to do regularly as Christians. And thirdly, of course, it is a responsibility of the PCC to manage and to look after what you give to us and what you give to the church. So uh, we um, are very mindful that we need to use that wisely and responsibly as PCC. Uh, And it's your job to keep us accountable. So, you know, ask me, ask Keith, ask the PCC, how are we doing? What is the money going on? Uh, You are absolutely free to do that. Uh, There's a a little... um, uh, handout has come out uh, as well. K- Keith isn't going to present this, I don't think, but this is just uh, the headlines, if you like, of how we're doing money-wise as a church at the moment. Uh, there are challenges there, and of course, um, God is good, and he uh, provides, doesn't he? Um, just a little joke, just to lighten the atmosphere a bit. Um, uh, this gets a bit serious talking about money, so let's, let's have a joke at the start. Uh, two men are marooned on a desert island. Uh, one of the men is desperately worried. He's, he's pacing up and down, uh, looking really worried, looking out to see to where the, the boats might be to, to pick them up, um, breaking down in tears their predicament, thinking, I'm never going to get off this, this desert island. I'm stuck forever. The other man is laying back on, his, on the sand, enjoying the sun, drinking his coconut milk. And eventually, uh, the man who's worried speaks up and says, aren't you worried that we're never going to get off this desert island? And the second one says, well, I'm not worried at all. Uh, I earn £100,000 per week, and I faithfully tithe to my church, so I know my pastor is going to come and find me very soon. <laughs> now, we are going to talk about tithing. We're going to, we're going to unashamedly, I'm going to help us think about the subject of tithing. You probably don't earn £100,000 a week. If you do, I'll be coming to see you very soon. Um, But whatever our financial situation is at the moment, we need to listen to what the Bible says. And it is is a calling and a privilege, isn't it, to to give to God's church. So, 
I want to say this right at the outset. I don't have this subject sewn up in my own life. I, I, I am, whenever uh, the subject of money comes up, um, I want to kind of put one finger in my ear hole and not listen. But this is something we need to think about as a Christian. Uh, it's quite rightly said that the last part of a person's life to get converted is their wallet. I think that is true. So I'm with you on this. I, I, it's a challenge, isn't it, to think about offerings and tithes and, and being honest before God. Uh, but let's, let's again pray and ask God to help us in this, in this area of our lives. Father, would you help us now to be honest with you, honest with ourselves, where we are on this subject of giving. Help us to have eyes afresh as we consider your word and as your word considers us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Malachi is a prophet. He's a classic Old Testament prophet. Uh, John is exactly right. It's the last uh, book of the Old Testament. And um, he's in the line of the prophets like uh, Jeremiah and Ezekiel. And he is concerned about bringing the people of God back into worshipping God aright. He wants God's people to worship God in the right way. And one of the things he's concerned about is the amount that God's people are giving to God as their act of love and service to him. It is what is called the tithe or the tenth part. Um, In Leviticus 27 verse 30, it says this, One-tenth of all the produce of the land, whether grain or fruit, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So the tithe was what is expected of the people of God because a tithe, as Leviticus says, quite simply belongs to the Lord. That tenth belongs to the Lord. So that is why Malachi is, um, as it were, pointing the finger at God's people and saying, in verse 8, will a mere mortal rob God? And so it, it's, it's plain, isn't it, that God's people here are cheating God of his rightful portion. And so Malachi comes against them very strongly in his, in his words. And yet this is not just for the people at that time. This is God's timeless word. So this applies to us today as well, to the church today. And even verse 6 points it out in our reading. I, the Lord, do not change. So this is a word not just for the ancient people of God, for the ancient Hebrews. This is a word of God for us today. Is it right for a person to cheat God? Well, of course, the answer is no. No. Of course it's not. And so the question is why? Why are we called to bring a tenth of our, uh, our income or our money or whatever, how we want to put it, why are we called to give a tenth of that to God? And so there are three answers I want to offer to you to that question as to why. Well, firstly, I think it, it is the right thing to do because we tithe for the sake of God, for God's sake. So let's look at verses 6 through to 9 again in our reading. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. 
Uh, it's like the atmosphere again with a joke. It's one of my favorites. Um, a fundraiser approaches a very rich individual, very rich, wealthy person who hasn't donated any money to that particular charity. So this fundraiser is trying to get, you know, trying to get this person to think about giving to this particular charity he's raising money for. Um, and despite this, this individual, he's, he's a, you know, the high net individual, a millionaire. And so the millionaire explains, well, this is the reason why I'm not giving to your charity. First of all, he says, uh, my mother is bedridden and she gets no help from the social services. Uh, secondly, I have got five children through three divorces and three marriages. Thirdly, my sister's husband's uh, recently died and she has no one to support her four children. I'm, I'm really sorry, the fundraiser said. I'm really, really sorry to hear all that, that really bad, bad news. I feel really bad about asking you for money. So you should, he replies, quick as a flash. If I'm not giving them any money, why should I give you any? <laughs> so Malachi, he doesn't pull any punches either, does he? He's very stern and strong with his audience. And he says straight down the line, your giving does not measure up to what is required. And so he says, you turn away from the law of the Lord, you turn away from God's laws in this matter. And he says, that's a serious thing. And it accuses them of, of cheating or robbing God. How are they robbing God? It says, in the matter of tithes and offerings in verse 8. So the point is very simple to grasp. It's, it's a very simple point to grasp, isn't it? This is the tithe, is the Lord's. This belongs, this tenth part belongs to the Lord. And, and we, when we don't give the tithe to God, we are withholding from him what is his. And so you see, God isn't being vindictive and cruel in laying down this, this rule, this law, but in fact, what, what God is saying, if you give me that tithe, you are giving me your best before all other, all other claims on your wallet or your purse. You give me what is your best. And you're saying, my highest priority is God. R.T. Kendall, the great Bible teacher, um, said this. He said, God cares about what we do. He cares about the way we live our lives and he cares whether or not we try to please him. So it's about putting God first in our finances. And so I guess the first issue, the, high, that, the high issue, highest issue really is, is God first in our lives? Is he the king of our lives? The Lord of our lives? So what does that look like? It means that our giving to him comes first before anything else comes out of our bank account or wallet or purse. Most of us have a weekly or monthly income in some way or other. And so is our gift to God the first that comes out at the beginning of the week or the month? Or is it what's left over? Is it the sort of, well, I've got a bit of change, so I'll give that to God? Or I'd rather buy that first and then I'll give what I've, what I've got left over to God. And if, and if we do, I'm asking myself the same question. If, I, if that is what I'm doing, is that honouring God? Because that's what the Israelites are doing, according to Malachi. You are robbing me. God is saying through Malachi, you are robbing me. 
So the first reason we give that tenth part is for God's glory and his sake. I mean, he gave it to us in the first place, so we give it back to him. So we, we tithe for the sake of our Lord. We also tithe for the sake of the church, secondly. Uh, Malachi 3 verse 10 says this, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing there will not be enough room to store it. So what's the result of people tithing? Well, Malachi says, if the tithe comes in, then there will be plenty of food. There will be plenty of, there won't be enough room to store it. Now, what he's talking about is, is basically in the temple, and uh, when there was a temple, there was a basically a, a room that was like a big deposit box or a safety deposit box, a big room in the temple, a storeroom. And this is where the food came in for the priests, for the Levites, who are the, the, the priestly caste of the Israelites. And so the people were, were asked, you know, you give your tithe of food, uh, your grain, your animals, your money, all of that. You give to the Levites, to the priests in the temple, because the priests run the temple, and they organize the, the teaching and the worship and all of that, the, the, the sacrifices that are endless sacrifices going on. And so if that isn't coming in, then the Levites have got no income to support themselves. And so that releases them to serve God and his people through worship that is led and run well according to the will of God. So if the storeroom is empty, then the Levites haven't got enough food to, offer, you know, to look after themselves and also to offer the sacrifices that God is asking of them in the Old Testament. And so the temple life begins to go down and down and down. See, that's what that's what he's talking about in that verse. So through Malachi, God is making it clear that he's calling. So this is the word of God. This goes through all uh, all time, all eternity. He's saying if you you're to give to God so that it honors Him, and also so that it builds up the church. Now, if tithing was practiced, I'm not just talking about Christchurch here, I'm talking about churches up and down the land and all over the world. If tithing was practiced by uh, people faithfully, you wouldn't get those horrible, ugly thermometers you see outside churches and, you know, all these sometimes, you know, things that we just don't want to see the church doing and, and almost begging for money. We, there wouldn't, we'd be free of all of that. I'm not saying that's what goes on in this particular church, but there, there is sometimes that sense of the church almost begging for money. And yet, if the church, I'm talking universally here, if the church was to give gladly and freely, then that would be, there would be none of that going on. And then it says what the result is in verse 10. So that there will be plenty of food there. So that the world can be fed. Now, you know this. I know you don't. I know you know this. But the, the church doesn't run on thin air. And uh, it has regular outgoings and bills and all these other things that we have to pay as a church. And so I say again, thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you give, all that you are giving. 
through standing orders. And thankfully, thank you, that most of the giving that comes in is through standing orders, which is great because that means Keith and others, we can, um, we can sort of look ahead and plan for expenditure. That's really, really helpful. And I also think if you're giving through um, a weekly offering, that's fine as well because that's a faith venture and God will undoubtedly, undoubtedly be pleased with that. And yet, so you see what, what Malachi is saying, this is a good thing to please God. It's also a good thing because the church needs things, to, we need uh, money to, to be able to do our mission and our outreach. So for God's sake, for the church's sake, but also for your sake. If we read verses, uh, second half of verse 10 through uh, to the end of our reading. Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing there will not be enough room to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. So again, God is saying through Malachi, a very clear teaching, that as a result of giving back to God, what, what is his anyway, he will bless the giver more than the giver could ever imagine. I will open the floodgates of heaven and pour out blessing. But you notice it also says, put me to the test. So what God is saying is, is actually, well, go on, trust me. Trust me. Put your faith in me, says God, more than you would dare to, and then you will see how good and faithful God is. Psalm 34 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. There are times um, in my life, uh, in Debbie's and mine life, we've, we've experienced this, when we've thought, oh, Lord, you know, we can't, we can't give. You know, the logic of, of the matter and the situation says, no, I, I haven't got enough money to, to give to this. I haven't got enough money to tithe. You know, that's, that's just one of, you know, the way that, that sometimes I've reacted to, to this call to give a tenth. And yet when I've done it and when I do do it, I've realized I, I've experienced the blessing of God. Now, we don't do it to get blessed. Of course we don't. But God is looking at us and he says, I want you to show me that I'm the worth of first call on your money, that I can provide for you when it feels as if it would be crazy to give that tenth. And so God says, I will prove my love for you in this matter of giving. That's been true in my life, in, in mine and Debbie's life. Certainly, certainly true. As someone has said, if God can give it through you, he will give it to you. But as I say, we don't give to get the blessing. That's, I don't think that's a, a right way of looking at it at all. Uh, we, we can't earn God's blessing. God freely, he freely pours his blessing out upon us by grace. But our main motivation must be that we want his name to be honoured and glorified above all else. John Wesley said this, Earn as much as you can, save as much as you can, invest as much as you can, and give as much as you can. And so if we want to see this blessing poured out upon us as a church, then it's clear from this scripture, and there's other scriptures as well, uh, that say the same thing, that we need to be giving more abundantly. There's an old saying, and it's true. You can never outgive God, because when you give to God, you discover that God gives 
to you. Okay, I'm, I'm coming towards the end of it, but let me just cover a couple of, of disclaimers, if you like, just briefly. What about if you are a Christian and your partner is not? And you may be thinking to yourself, well, this is all right for, for you know, others, but what about me? Well, I, I'm not saying any of this to put anyone under condemnation at all, uh, if you're not tithing. Uh, but also don't use that as an excuse. Be honest with God. Talk to God. Tell God that you want to give and ask him to open up a way for that to happen. What about if you're on a very low income or a pension or in debt or just plain struggling to make ends meet? Again, it is not my intention, it's not the intention of the church to condemn anyone or manipulate anyone to give more. Absolutely not. But what I'd urge you to do is to seek God in prayer and then ask him to give you wisdom in this matter. So, to conclude, God wants us to honour him by committing to him that tenth, that first portion that is his, his, his own anyway. Why? For his sake, so that he's honoured. For the sake of the church, so that we can fulfil the mission that God has for us to reach out to um, this world around us. And for our sake, so that he is released to show us his goodness through blessing us. So how can we respond? Let me just uh, give you three, let- three words begin with the letter R. And again, you need to apply this to yourself, wherever you are in this matter. First of all, maybe repent. In verse 7, God says, turn back to me and I will turn back to you. If we're not honouring God in this part of our lives, then we need to repent and say sorry and determine to obey God and make a change. Secondly, review. Think about your giving. Are there things that you could stop buying to honour God? How is God willing us or wanting us to change? It may be a, a sort of a systematic way of giving. Uh, if you're in a difficult place or, or, or very low income or your partner doesn't share your faith or you're, you're in debt, ask God to give you what is calling you to give and be wise in that and lastly recapture a vision of the honor of god the mission of the church the blessing of god that will fire our hearts so that none of this is done out of duty or guilt but out of loving response to god and a desire to honor his mighty name let's pray Lord Jesus, we know in the Gospels that you talk about money more than anything else. And there's reason in that. Because we are challenged when we are called to give. We think it's our own. We want to keep it in our pocket or our wallet or our purse. And yet, Lord, we know that it is you who's given it to us in the first place. It is out of your bounty and your grace and your blessing that you've given us anything anyway. So, Lord, would you free us from any sense of guilt or duty or slavery to give freely and joyfully back to you what is yours anyway? And we ask, Lord, that you would bless us for your sake, that as you give to us, that we would be able to reach out to this community and to the world around us to share the good news that, Jesus, you are alive. You've won the victory over sin and guilt and death and sin. 
and you want us to share that good news with all for your sake and for your glory. Amen. Thank you, Peter. A lot to think about and pray about. I think someone is going to come and give a bit of a practical talk about finances. Is that right? No. In that case, I think it's on the sheet that you were handed as you came in. Is that right, Keith? Yeah. Thank you. So please read the sheet that uh, you were given as you, ca as you came in. There was one on eco-church and one on finances. And John is now going to lead our intercessions. Let's pray. Let's start by praying for our own church. <clears throat> First of all, for our fellowship together. Lord, you reminded us of your new command that we are to love each other as you loved us, as you continue to love us. So, Lord, as we get to know each other better, we, we ask your blessing on our time together after this service, Lord, with the soup lunch. Lord, help us to get to know each other better. Help us to love each other more, that you might be glorified in us. We pray, too, about the challenges you've laid down before us. You remind us as well that he who sows sparingly reaps sparingly that you love a cheerful giver because Lord you are a cheerful giver so we want to pray for each one of us Lord as we consider what we've heard from Peter this morning Lord lead us to repentance where we need to repent lead us to review our finances particularly in the view of the sacrificial nature of your giving to us And finally, Lord, we pray that you, for each one of us, you'd renew the sight of, uh, of our sight so that we might see your vision for how, what, how you want this church to grow, how you want us to reach out. Lord, we thought a couple of weeks ago about your abundant life, and we just pray, Lord, that you would fill us with that abundant life, that we might reach out with that life to others around us, that they might be blessed as well. So, Lord, as we ask you to glorify yourself, through this body, this part of your body here in Baston Hill. Lord, will you please lead us on in holiness, in righteousness, which you died to give us, and in love for others. Amen. Let's turn our attention to the world now. Pray for our own government and also areas which are in trouble around the world. Ukraine, again, is very much in our minds with the ongoing missile strikes on, on both sides. Lord, we pray for your justice to um, prevail and that this war would end. 
We pray for areas of the world where members of our church are at work. And in the leaflet this week, we've been reminded about the work of Sarah Wilkins in South Africa. And in particular, the struggles they have with increasing corruption in that country. Lord, again, we thank you that you are able to provide all that they need, even though there are restrictions in electricity, restrictions in water. Lord, we ask you to provide. And we thank you, Lord, that we can trust you to do that. Pray for Rachel Carrick in Nepal, needing a new visa, and again, up against corruption in, in official circles. We pray for your provision there, Lord, and thank you for all that she's done over all these years in that hospital in Tansen. Finally, in a moment of silence, let's pray for any of those known to us who are in need at the moment. Again, Lord, we thank you that you know and you love each person that we prayed for in our hearts. whether they know and acknowledge you or not. Thank you, Lord, that you gave your own lives for each one of us. So how will you not continue to give us all good things? And in, that, in, the, in the confidence that that verse provides, Lord, we thank you for the answers to our prayers. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, John. Please stand if you're able and we'll say the creed together. We believe in God the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. We believe in God the Son, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with his love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ came and proclaimed the gospel of peace to those who are far off and peace to those who are near. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Before Peter comes and leads us in communion, let's offer a sign of peace to one another, being mindful that there are those who might like to keep a little bit of a distance still because of the various bugs.
you're using the booklets, we're going to be using Eucharistic Prayer E. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, you made the world and love your creation. You gave your Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Saviour. His dying and rising have set us free from sin and death. And so we gladly thank you with saints and angels, praising you and saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the hearts. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the hearts. We praise and bless you, loving Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And as we obey his command, send your Holy Spirit, that broken bread and wine outpoured may be for us the body and blood of your dear Son. On the night before he died, he had supper with his friends, and taking bread, he praised you. He broke the bread, gave it to them and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup of wine. Again, he praised you. He gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. So, Father, remember all that Jesus did. In him we plead with confidence his sacrifice made once for all upon the cross. Bringing before you the bread of life and the cup of salvation, we proclaim his death and resurrection until he comes in glory. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ will come again. Lord of all life, help us to work together for that day when your kingdom comes and justice and mercy will be seen in all the earth. Look with favour on your people. Gather us in your loving arms and bring us with all the saints to feast at your table in heaven. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, in unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory are yours, O loving Father, for ever and ever. Amen. As our Saviour has taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are one, we are one because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We continue our normal custom of taking the bread from the table in the middle and then the wine from either side 
and the non-alcoholic will be on that side of the church.
Body of Christ, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Amen. The blood of Christ, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Let's lift to the Lord those who can't be with us here in church this morning. Father, we lift you those who are not able to join with us here in church this morning, whether housebound, frail, maybe in hospital, for whatever reason, Lord, are not able to be here. But Lord, we know you're with them wherever each and every one is. And we know, Lord, that you'll bless them with your presence and your joy. Fill them with your spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. And let's pray together this prayer following communion together. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work as your praise and glory. Amen. Now before our final song, I been told that the children like to share with us what you've been doing, is that right? Um, Liz, do you want to bring them up and have a little word in the microphone? we've been looking at being kind and using our skills to be kind to other people and help people and to say thank you for help that we've received and we've made cards to give to people that we think need cheering up or um, would like a card a thank you card and there's one for Margaret and Marie's made one to leave for anybody that needs cheering up and some kindness. <laughs> so that's us today. So let's start to sing our final song, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
Uh, don't forget the soup and uh, whatever lunch it is um, to stay for it. Um, I'm sure, is there going to be a gap between this and, and the soup being served? I presume there will be a little gap, but uh, do... do coffee around tables first, so do, do linger for that as well. Wonderful to see you. And so go with this blessing into our lives this week. As we take our worship, praise and prayer from this place and into our daily lives, may our lives be sustained through the love of our Heavenly Father. May we feel the presence of our Saviour walking beside us and know the power of the Spirit in both our actions and our words. And so may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, rest upon you and keep you this day and always. Amen. And so we go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. In the name of Christ.